Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. This podcast was recorded at our last gathering. Teaching like this is how we worship together every other week. We look to the scriptures seeking to become more like Christ. We're glad you're listening. Notice that I eat too fast. Um, I know it's not a major problem. Um, There are much worse things, but I eat too fast. Uh, And I was uh, reading an article earlier this week about um, food and the different aspects of meals and food and how there's nutritional aspects, sensorial aspects, and social aspects of meal. And all of those are important for our health. Um, And all of those happen around food. So obviously the nutritional value, uh, the sensorial value is the taste, the sight, the smell, the... Uh, the texture, all of those things impact how we interact with food. Um, And meals are a very social experience, um, especially when we're eating with other people. And so I've noticed recently that I just eat too fast and I don't get to enjoy any of those things. Um, So all that to say, over the next few weeks, I'm challenging myself to slow down when I eat so that I can appreciate the nutritional value of my food, enjoy the flavor of my food, and enjoy the people that I get to share that food with. What does that have to do with what I'm teaching about? Because I'm not a dietitian, and I'm not here to share with you what you should do with your food. But over the next several weeks, uh, we want to invite you into the space of slowing down to enjoy and to savor the gospel. And so we're entering into this series called The Real Good News to ask questions about what is the gospel and what does it mean for us? Because we believe that the gospel is rich, that it's full of flavorful notes, complex notes that need to be enjoyed and savored. And I think too often we may take it for granted, certain aspects of the gospel, maybe recognizing its nutritional value for us in one area of our life while not recognizing its nutritional value in another area. Or perhaps we take for granted the sensorial or the social dimensions of the gospel. All that to say, the good news is worth savoring. And so we're really excited to take some time in the coming weeks to dig in, to enjoy that meal, to experience the gospel. And whether you think you've heard the gospel a thousand times or maybe never before, Whether you think you know it, or maybe you've become skeptical of it. Whether you fully embrace it, or you're just not quite sure. We invite you, as the psalmist said, to taste and see. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good, and that the gospel is real good news. Uh, We're gonna start that kind of exploration of the gospel by seeing if we can perhaps blow up my cell phone because I don't really like it that much. Um, So I have some questions that I would like to pose to you all and if you're comfortable, if you would text your answers to me and we'll see uh, if my phone can handle it. If you're not comfortable texting with it, that's okay. I would just like you to um, either write down your answers, reflect on them. I actually have three different questions. The first one is, Um, If you are a follower of Jesus, what was the good news 
as you understood it that led to first putting your trust in Jesus. So when you first committed to following Jesus, what did you understand the good news to be? So if you're a follower of Jesus, that's the question I would like you to answer. If you're not a follower of Jesus, we welcome you here this morning. But I would like to ask you, how would you describe the gospel that Christians believe? If you're familiar at all with Christian faith, how would you describe it? And if you're not a follower of Jesus and aren't familiar with Christian faith, you can answer this last question. And that is, what would be good news for you this morning? Um, Good news that met some of your deepest needs, concerns, or longings. So whichever question fits you, feel free to respond to that. You can text it to me. um, You can jot it down in your notebook or just think about it. Whatever you're most comfortable with. Great responses. The good news is hope. Uh, The good news is that I will go to heaven one day. Uh, When I die, I will go to heaven. Man, I can't keep up with this. Great job. You're blowing up my cell phone. All right, so you can continue if you haven't finished that. I have a next series of questions for you. Uh, And again, kind of in that same line, if you are a follower of Jesus, how would you describe the good news as you understand it now? So... The last question was when you first became a follower of Jesus, and now, is it the same? Is it different? How so? Uh, If you're not a follower of Jesus, but you're familiar with Christian faith, what is attractive about the gospel that Christians believe, and what might be repulsive to you about the gospel that Christians believe? And if you're unfamiliar with the good news of Jesus, what would it look like for you to lean into a community to learn more. Yeah, so I realized I can't read fast enough to keep up with all of these, but it's awesome. Uh, One of the things I noticed in the first set of questions, a lot of people talking about being saved from sin and going to heaven when I die, which is good news, no doubt. Good news, no doubt. Um, Yeah, and I think some of the themes in, in texts that are coming in now Texts about being in relationship with God, uh, kind of as Clyde and Kim were sharing. It's about a relationship, and there's opportunities there and growth. And so uh, what I want to invite you into in that is if you are a follower of Jesus and you texted about what you first believed the good news and what you believe now, what is the story of that journey? How did you get from there to here? Um, And that's a question for reflection over the the next few weeks um, as we dig into what is the gospel? What is the real good news? Uh, Because even in this, we see that the good news that we were first presented was good. But hopefully, as you've continued your journey in following Jesus, you're finding out that the good news is actually better than you thought it was. Uh, In 1 Corinthians 3 and in Hebrews 5, Uh, The writers of these letters talk about the teaching of the gospel being like milk and then like solid food. So we get a taste of it, but then we're given some richer food to savor. Uh, And so that's the journey that we are on. The gospel is complex. It's multidimensional. It impacts a lot of different areas of our life, all the areas of our life. Uh, And so... Uh, I was actually talking with Doug a little bit about this, and and he gave the analogy of of an orchestra ensemble. 
that, you know, some of us may really like cellos or violins, and those parts are beautiful in and of themselves. But if we only listen to the cello, we're missing out on the fullness of that orchestra experience. Uh, if we only listen to the violin, yeah, it's beautiful, but there's so much more to it. And so this is so much, this series is so much just an invitation for us to say, what do we believe? Why do we believe it? Is it really good news? And hopefully we're finding out that, yeah, it's even better than we thought it was. I return to my original analogy that you know, there's people, I'm not a food expert, but people talk about the different flavor profiles and there's even like this flavor star of salty and sweet and sour and bitter and spicy and some word called umami. I'm not even gonna try to tackle that one, but somehow each of these flavors is good, but there are different ways that they work together to balance and enhance each other and it's this beautiful, rich taste. I'm not a food critic, like I said, but I think that's exciting. I think that's what we get a taste of when, when we explore the gospel, um, that it's richer and more beautiful than we imagined. So it's really, really good news. Uh, and my story, kind of similar to, to what I'm seeing in the text, that I originally became a follower of Jesus, um, and much of the good news was that Jesus had died for my sins, and if I accepted that forgiveness and accepted him as my savior, I would go to heaven when I die. Great news. Loved it. Um, but I had to follow Jesus. And at that point in my life, it was largely about moral following Jesus. Do's and don'ts. You do this, you don't do that. And actually a lot more emphasis on the don'ts, if I'm honest. Uh, but then I went to college, and in college was it kind of exploring the gospel as we hope to do in these next few months and realize that there's this whole message about the kingdom of God and God's concern for mercy and justice. And I got, I got excited again about my Christian faith, that it was bigger and better, um, that the good news actually has present implications. Uh, and then after college, going into mission year and seeing maybe more of the bad news, <laughs> of the situations, but then being encouraged that the good news speaks to those situations of injustice. The good news speaks to people who are poor and struggling, and that we're actually called to be a part of that as followers of Jesus. And then in seminary, which is my most recent experience over the last few years, I think the gospel's gotten even bigger that it's not a have to follow Jesus, but it's a get to that the gospel is about an invitation into communion with God by participating with God in the good news. The good news isn't just something that we receive, but it's actually something we get to participate in. And so the good news gets even better. And so our hope is that as we continue to have these conversations that you are just enriched and encouraged and blessed as we discover and rediscover the really good news. Another thing that we want to look at is discovering the real good news, as opposed to any cultural gospels that we may have picked up along the way, or historical changes to the gospel, or political baggage, anything that we may have attached to the gospel that actually shouldn't be there or anything that's part of the gospel that maybe we kind of kick to the curb. 
So we want to find out what is the real good news. Are we missing something? Have we added something? And this is actually a key concern of Paul in his letters to the churches. Uh, A lot of his letters are about reminding people of the truth of the gospel, of the true gospel, the real good news. And if you read the first chapter of Galatians, you see that this was the big deal in that letter, that others have come and, and preached a gospel, but it was different. They had added something. They had twisted something. And Paul's pretty angry in that letter, actually. (laughs) You need to return to the true gospel, the real good news. And so we want to be critical of the gospel that we proclaim to make sure that we're really professing real good news. And I think a, a powerful example of this in our history, a painful example in some ways, is that in the era of slavery, that part of the good news that's about heaven when you die, and that's good news, but that was presented to slaves. And unfortunately, that pushed all the hope to the other side of death. And it was used as a way to keep slaves in slavery, in bondage. And then you even have passages from the scripture that are misused to say, slaves, be obedient to your masters. And so the good news was preached, but it wasn't the full good news. And in fact, they came up with their own canon of the scripture. And they actually forbade slaves from learning how to read. Well, why did they do that? Because the good news is a lot better than just heaven after you die. Because the same Bible that has those texts about being obedient to your slaves to your slave owner, also has this whole narrative about an entire nation being delivered out of slavery, which is pretty good news if you're a slave. And the real good news is far more powerful and meaningful than just the hope of heaven after death. In the real good news, the good news Jesus proclaimed, it is power that sets the oppressed free. So thankfully, some people, a lot of people, took that part of the real good news literally, unlocking the present power of the gospel to liberate slaves and work to end the system of slavery. So the slaves were given cellos, but they wanted the full orchestra. They appreciated the salty, but they wanted the full flavor profile. And so our hope is that for us, We will seek the real good news in all its fullness and all its richness, but without anything extra. And so that very real component for the slaves in that situation, that it was a present hope and spoke to their present situation is also something that we hope to explore as we discover the real good news, and that is, how is the good news real and tangible for today? Certainly, the hope of heaven is an important aspect of the gospel, and I would never want to diminish that. Eternal life is a wonderful promise, but the promise of eternal life also includes the present. So how does the good news save us now, and how does it shape us now? How does it impact people's current situations? And so 
if we're followers of Jesus, I think that's good for us to consider for ourselves, but even more important for us to consider as we think about our neighbors, what are their needs? What are the cries of their souls? I was listening to N.T. Wright give kind of a a summary of the gospel. He's a New Testament scholar, uh, and he says, said this, every generation has to chew the gospel through afresh. Savor it, I guess. Uh, He says, culture is always changing, language is always changing, and the pressure points are always changing. And so we, as followers of Jesus, need to continually be transformed by the renewal of our minds to think through afresh what it is we are saying and what do we mean by it. Is it good news for people? And if we want to discover the good news, N.T. Wright says, we have to soak ourselves in scripture, we have to soak ourselves in prayer, and we have to listen hard for the cries of our neighbors, both our neighbor next door and our neighbors around the world. Because the good news is only really good news if it addresses people's real needs. So what is the real good news? And so this series is an invitation, an invitation and an opportunity for discovery and rediscovery. Perhaps learning the good news for the first time. And if that's you, we pray that you will lean in to hear more about this good news and what it could mean for you and your life. And that you would be open to asking your questions and exploring with us because we believe this truly is good news. Well, perhaps you're hearing this for the thousandth time, but hopefully you're discovering some new truth that you hadn't realized was there. Or maybe it's just rediscovering the significance of it all for you. Uh, Bruxy Cavey, who's a pastor up in Canada, writes that the, mess, the message of the gospel, the gospel is a message that people are saved by, and it's also a message that saved people live by. It's always current. And so, as we engage in this series, I have a, another series of questions. You don't have to text your answers to me this morning. Uh, but these are the questions that I would encourage you to write down And as we engage in house churches and in gatherings over the next few weeks, these are the questions I would love for you to be reflecting on, processing, and thinking through as we discover and rediscover the real good news. How is the gospel currently saving and shaping you? How does the gospel speak to your past, your present, and your future? What aspect of the gospel do you savor most? What aspect might God be inviting you to savor more? What aspect of the gospel are you skeptical about? Or do you have a hard time believing? What aspect of the gospel are you skeptical is actually an aspect of the gospel? And thinking present, past, and future, how is the gospel good news that is real for you, for your neighbor, or for whoever that person may be that belongs in that blank space for you.
So all of that is maybe about the good news, that it is good news and we believe it's good news, but what actually is the good news? And I was thinking about a rainbow, um, as I was thinking about the orchestra and the food and then another metaphor that came to me was a rainbow that we all have favorite colors. Um, my favorite color is blue, but if a rainbow was only blue, it wouldn't be quite as beautiful as it is. And so we need all the colors. Um, and as I thought about the rainbow a little bit more, I thought, well, there are two essential things for a rainbow to happen. What are, two, what are the two essential things for a rainbow? Rain and the sun. I'm sorry for this really cheesy metaphor, but the same is true for the gospel. There are two essentials for the gospel, and that is the sun, Jesus, the son of God, and the rain, the rain of God, or the kingdom of God, as we commonly refer to it. So the sun and the rain are essential to the gospel. The gospel is about Jesus. Jesus is the center of the gospel. He's vital to the good news because he's vital to our lives, our real eternal life in the present and in the future. And just as we said, the gospel is dynamic and multifaceted, multidimensional. The same is true about Jesus because he's a person and people are complex. It's even more true about Jesus because he's also fully God. So fully human, fully God, Jesus is a dynamic person, and his incarnation, his birth, life, his teaching and ministry, his death and resurrection, his ascension and his future return are all part of the good news. And so an invitation to the gospel is an invitation to get to know Jesus. to know him and to truly know him and to follow him. Not a version of him presented by whoever, but the true Jesus. The Jesus that is so dynamic and powerful and compelling that we actually have four gospels in the Bible and each gospel trying to paint some picture of Jesus, trying to capture who he is, and we need all of them. And then we have all of Paul's letters trying to, trying to paint that bigger picture of who Jesus is. And in John 21, 25, the gospel writer writes, Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Though we're certainly trying, to write enough books to fill the world. The world could not contain the books. Jesus is so dynamic that we cannot capture him in our books, in our little series about the real good news. But there is always this invitation to get to know him. In John 1, gospel writer writes that the word, Jesus, was with God in the beginning and is God. And in him is life and light. And John prayed that with us this morning as we prepared for gathering and it just struck me. Jesus is life and light. And that is good news. 
He welcomes us into the fullness of life in him. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He wants to show us the better way. He wants us to show, he wants to show us the truth so that we can live in the fullness of life that is the promise of the good news. And that's eternal life here in the present that redeems much of our past, redeems all of our past, that provides healing and freedom and identity and forgiveness and wholeness and peace and grace in the present and leads us into the future hope of heaven, which is the kingdom of God, the reign of God, where God reigns, God's will is done, and we long to see that here in the present. That is good news. God reigning in God's love and goodness is good news for the world. It's an invitation into that kingdom, into a beloved community of wholeness. It's a new way of life. In Mark 1, Jesus begins his ministry in this way, starting at verse 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Turn from the ways of this world. Turn to the ways of God and his kingdom. Then as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. And so as we engage in this series on what is the good news, it's an invitation once again to follow Jesus, to repent and trust the good news, to trust that Jesus is leading us in the way of life and truth and light, in the ways of God's kingdom And as we live that reality, we see the fullness of life brimming up in us and around us. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so whatever we say the good news is, we always want to be looking to Jesus. And with all of these questions, I'm reminded of one of Jesus' most poignant questions. He turned to his disciples and said, who do people say I am? Who do you say I am? 
And as I suspect that as we listen to the answers to that question, we find good news. That if we really discover the truth of who Jesus is, we find good news. So wherever you are on this journey, whether you've been a follower of Jesus for a number of years, whether you're not quite ready to make that decision, the invitation is to come and follow Jesus and may he lead you into the truth, the full truth of his really good news. And I pray for us. God, we thank you that you are good and you are faithful, that you love us, you desire good things for us, that you sent Jesus to both proclaim and to embody the real good news of your salvation, to invite us to follow you, to learn the ways of truth, the ways of life, the ways of peace and goodness. God, I pray that you would lead us into truth, the truth of your really good news for us and for our neighbors and for the world around us. And as we discover this good news, may it fill us with joy and hope and love. How we thank you and we praise you Jesus, we thank you for being the way, the truth, and the life. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.